here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Hashtag authority. Hashtag Steph Bouncy. Hashtag SmackDown 15. Jeff Hawkins. You done digging that hole? You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Dance on your grave, dirt sheet writer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes. It is episode 89. Rob McCarron here, Jeff Hawkins, as usual. Hopefully, everything is working right as we are trying to go live here at voicesofwrestling.com slash str. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. We are here to talk about Money in the Bank, the pay-per-view that just ended on WWE Network. Jeff Hawkins, how are you? Doing well. How are you? Other than... uh... (laughs) I've been watching way too much graps this weekend because I've been watching just everything I could watch of Dusty Roads. So. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that was uh, some sad news, some surprising news. Uh, I yeah. caught it. I caught the uh, Dusty Roads death news quite a bit later than I think most everyone else did, uh, just because okay. I was kind of was kind of offline for much of this weekend mm-hmm. uh, until a couple of hours before Money in the Bank. I wasn't really from Thursday night really to uh, to just a few hours ago. I wasn't really on the internet that much, but I, I caught the news of Dusty Rhodes' death, and it was it was shocking for sure. Because while he was a little bit up there in age compared to some of the other recent uh, wrestling deaths, um, still, I mean, this was a guy that was on TV recently. This is a guy that you know when I went to the performance center in September was there in the same building. This is a guy that has recent memory for people. He's not a guy who was out of the spotlight for a time being, so people kind of forgot about him. Uh, Dusty Rhodes passing away. Uh, what what were you watching on that? Were you watching matches? Were you looking for promos? What were you looking for for uh, Dusty Rhodes stuff? Uh, a lot of a lot of both because you know I mean those people who have listened to the show know I grew up in the Mid Atlantic hotbed, especially in the mid eighties when Dusty was huge there. So he's an iconic part of my childhood and my wrestling uh, fans. I watched uh, a lot of the stuff I could find on the network. Um, was it the, the the match against Barry Windham? Um, I forget which uh, which match that when Windham joined the Horsemen mm-hmm. uh, for the U.S. title. That was really good. I watched a lot of promos that I could find. I watched the documentary that they had on the network. Um, I watched Fall Brawl '94 War Games with Dustin and all the promos leading up to that. You know, the, the view never changes. The view never changes. Oh, I need to seal this deal as a hug and a kiss, baby. Um, you know, the hard times promos. Um, you know, just episodes of Worldwide I could find on YouTube with with um, that. And I also have, I have Crockett Cup. And that match versus Flair on there is really, really good. So I watched that. And I know we have one in the top 100 coming up in about three weeks. We have the, uh, the Million Dollar Match uh, one from Starcade against mm-hmm. flair so that'll be fun i didn't rewatch that i didn't watch that one because we're doing it in a couple weeks but uh you know just general hodgepodge and uh yeah it's 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 one of those things where when it, one of your child one of those oh we may have lost jeff we may have lost jeff here icons of your childhood oh, good we lost you for a second there, Jeff. But no. uh, but yeah, I no, mean, I'm here. I, oh, no, we got okay. we got you back. But um, yeah, Dusty Rhodes. Now here's the thing, because as people who have listened to this show for a while know, uh, my first experiences with Dusty Rhodes, because I got into wrestling when I was you know 11 years old or so. Um, but still, that was the mid late 90s. My first experience with Dusty Rhodes was when he was an announcer on WCW TV, and then when he joined the NWO for his heel stuff. Like at that point. Now, Dusty Rhodes was a big name, and I've and I heard of him. And my dad would talk about Dusty Rhodes when he would watch WCW uh, with me and my brother. So we would talk about Dusty Rhodes and how he's big in the '80s. And I would go back and watch some of the guys. Like if there was someone on WCW TV that I didn't really know, like Ted DiBiase was that way. 
I tried to go and, you know, find the VHS tapes at Blockbuster that had those guys on it and see what they were all about. So Dusty Rose was one of those guys that I kind of I looked at the past a little bit before I really knew much about him because my first experience was them as a as a heel manager for people in WCW. <laughs> and, then, and well, that's the thing, because, I mean, what am I going to do? Am I going to yeah. be five years old and watching Dusty Rhodes in the WWF? I mean, you know, you know what? You know who he is for you? He's he's what Bruno Sammartino was to me because yeah. I had never really, you know, thought of the guy all that much. All I knew of him was, oh, he's. David San Martino's father. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's the thing because yeah. I can only I can only find out about these guys when I'm at an age where I can find out about these guys. You know, yeah. like I, it's not my fault that I grew up when it was the late '90s. Now, if I never went back to see the history of these guys, then it would be my fault. But I try to make a point to do that. Like you know, Dusty Rhodes, obviously Hulk Hogan, I would go back and see. Like all the big names, Ted DiBiase was a guy I would go back. And look at I got a lot of flack when I said on this show that Ultimate Warrior was a guy that I never saw an Ultimate Warrior match in full that took place before 1997. Yeah, I, I understand why. Because Ultimate Warrior, you know, everyone always said the whole time that you didn't really have to see Ultimate Warrior matches. I would watch the sprint to the ring. I saw the finishes of some of the matches. I saw the important moments, but I didn't have to watch full fledged Ultimate Warrior matches. You know what? Dusty Rose is a guy that you really don't have to watch full fledged uh, Dusty Rhodes matches either. No, you don't have to no, go you... back and watch the entire matches. You can go back and watch the moments. You can go back and watch the promos, and it will tell you just as much as it did with the Warrior how important Dusty Rhodes was, and the fact that he has been in the business for so long and was still in his last moments in WWE. His last promos was still put over as a big deal and was put into place some pretty important storylines. I mean, he was involved in the Authority storyline early on when he was backing Goldust and Cody Rhodes. He got well, Goldust and Cody Rhodes yeah. over huge as part of the authority storyline. This is a guy that worked from his very first day in wrestling to his very last. And and the real magic of Dusty Rhodes um, is aren't necessarily the iconic promos, even though they're great. It's that week to week when you'd see him on Worldwide or World Championship Wrestling on the Superstation cutting a promo and just the build to the story from week to week and how he'd react and what he would say on the air. And and that's missing on the network. I mean, Dusty Rhodes by Dusty Rhodes is a good to great worker and can have good to great matches, but he's not Ricky Steamboat. He's not Ric Flair. He has good matches, but he's not considered a workhorse in the ring. He's the personality. And so what this network is really missing is a lot of the personality of a lot of these guys from the 80s and 90s that, of course, I speak about, but that you have no idea when I speak about them mm-hmm. to, to, to that extent. I mean, just 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 on a random worldwide, when he'd come out and cut a promo on Tully Blanchard and Baby Doll that would just make everybody crack up. And you're, you're not going to be able to see that. You could see that on 24-7 from week to week when that was still a service. But on the net, this is where the network kind of fails us all because all we have is the... You know, the documentary is fine, but it's, you know, it's the Vince version of Dusty. <laughs> and that's the one thing that got me tonight was during the Ted Bell salute afterwards when they start playing Dusty's WWF theme. And Vince starts getting the stanky leg going as if he's going to start dancing out there. I'm like, this is a solemn moment. Let's have some decorum here, Vince. Well, and they said early on, including in the uh, the Money in the Bank pre-show tonight, when they showed the video of Dusty Rhodes for the first time, the tribute video, yeah. that it wasn't necessarily going to be, you know, a sad occasion. It was going to be a celebration no. of the life of Dusty Rhodes because no. this guy was a larger-than-life character. You didn't. They were trying to be, you know, somewhat positive of it, so they all get, they all get to dancing and and doing all the uh, the fun stuff if you will uh when his music played um it, yeah the, the fat guy in polka dots wasn't dusty to me but man right. i'll tell you one thing i started to break up a bit when renee couldn't control herself on the air god that was that was heart wrenching for me i yeah. i i you know i love those moments of real emotion when when the wwe can <laughs> can show them <laughs> But let's get to uh, Money in the Bank, shall we? We will talk about Money in the Bank here. If you're listening on the live stream at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash STR, let us know how the stream is working. At Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. Uh, if it's going well, if it's going poorly, we'll try to fix it. Uh, but let us know that. And if you want to interact with us on the show, feel free to do so as we talk about Money in the Bank. As we talk about, first, the very important 
R-Truth versus King Barrett <laughs> Money in the Bank preview match went. We, we had a discussion on the preview show on Wednesday, Jeff, mm-hmm. about this match mm-hmm. and how with or without the Intercontinental Championship, King Barrett just sinks. The guy never swims. He's trying, but he's got an anchor tied to his leg and he loses to R-Truth here. And then R-Truth after the match tries to steal King Barrett's crown and runs away because he's afraid of King Barrett, the guy he just beat. What did we say? We said that our, there was a chance our we we both go easy should be an easy win for Wade Barrett, and then I kind of stopped and went, unless this whole dressing up like a king is making Vince laugh, and I think that's what we got. And it's uh, why would you ever want to be king of the ring if this is how you're gonna be if you're gonna be treated like an even bigger goof than you were before you were king of the ring? Oh, poor Wade Barrett. Poor Wade Barrett. He loses again. That's just what he does. I mean, this guy was the definition of the curse of the Intercontinental Championship. And Dolph Ziggler kind of backed that up. And some other guys have backed that up in the past. But really, when it comes down to it, it's just Wade Barrett. I mean, yeah. who's the guy beaten in the last six months? It's been Neville. And that's maybe, kind of it. Maybe as king, he needs to tie a little girl to a stake and burn her. Well, let's not go that far. <laughs> I will not spoil any Game of Thrones stuff because I didn't watch it, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, don't. I mean, don't do it. Well, if, if TNA can throw Mickey James under a train and she ends up fine, <laughs> like, why not go uh, all out? Just become but, an entertainment show, a, a fiction entertainment show, and start but, burning girls at the stake. But you and I both remember when Wade Barrett was going to be the breakout star of that season of NXT, and we keep. Well, he was. Keep, yeah, and we keep saying, oh, he's a guy because he's tall and he's big and he can talk and he can work and this and that. And We keep waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and soon he's going to be 36. And <laughs> or how old is he? It's funny because he's a guy that isn't, you know, he's a guy that has everything seemingly that they want. They want him to be tall. They want him to be good looking. They want him to be manly, if you will. They want him to have a good look. They want him to be able to talk. He can work in the ring, too. Okay. Yeah. This guy has everything that they say they want. And then Kevin Owens is getting the big push. Everything that they don't want. And what, what it screams to me is I, I just don't know what you know Barrett has to do. Because he seemingly is doing everything he can. Well, I, I can't go on the Owens thing because to me that's more, ooh, look. He's new. He's fresh. We can bring him on and do something with him as opposed to Wade Barrett, who's been here a while. And, you know, it's it's that grass is greener on the other side type of yeah. thinking. But at I the mean, same not, time, not everyone is going to be CM Punk because CM Punk went through five years of this. He really did. Yeah. He went through yeah. five years of this before breaking out into a huge role. Uh, ironically enough, it was with the Nexus. Um, Barrett is 34. He's going to turn 35 here pretty soon. Wow, I called that. Yeah. I didn't He's going to turn 35 here pretty, pretty, pretty soon. But that was your Money in the Bank preview match. R-Truth getting the win over King Barrett. And then opening the pay-per-view was the Money in the Bank ladder match. And immediately when this was introduced, a lot of people were like, oh, Roman's going to cash in tonight. Roman's going to cash in tonight. I was one of them. I thought I put it to a question, but don't yeah. count your chickens. Before they hatch, because not only did Roman not cash in tonight, <laughs> Roman didn't win. Nope. Sheamus did. Sheamus not, not, not is your Money in the Bank ladder match not champion. Only did, not only did Roman not win, he didn't win because of interference from Bray Wyatt, which no one saw coming. Bray Wyatt. Another pay-per-view in a row, by the way, that Bray Wyatt hasn't had a match, nor have Harper and Rowan have matches. This is... Oh, this ladder match. The ladder match was fine. I thought the Money in the Bank ladder match was okay. I mean, nothing special to it. It seemed like it was very toned down. Like I didn't I get thought- that. I didn't get that sense that they were doing a lot of crazy spots that you've seen in previous ladder matches with guys falling off of a ladder onto a ladder on the outside. It was a very safe ladder. Match. It was pretty. It was pretty safe. I mean, we got a red arrow. We got the red arrow onto Sheamus on the top rope, just a regular red arrow. We got mm-hmm. Randy Orton having his RKO streak. And we got some pretty cool stuff from Roman Reigns. I mean, the power bombs onto Kofi and and who's the other one? He power bombed Pac, I think. You know, Neville. 
Um, yes. There was some cool stuff during this match, but it was a pretty safe ladder match. And obviously you have a main event ladder match coming up, so you don't want to blow your wad early in the very first part of the show. Um, but Roman Reigns and Randy Orton, to me, were the stars of this one. And then, yeah, you get Bray Wyatt. This match showed you, it was basically a preview of Roman Reigns and two potential feuds he's going to have coming up in this year. And they're two feuds I'm not really that excited about. Well, you got to figure he's going to have a match with Bray Wyatt. That's probably next for him. And with SummerSlam, SummerSlam so close, that looks like it could be your SummerSlam match. So talk about Roman Reigns not being anywhere near the top of the card on that show. But also it looks like at some point he's probably going to wrestle Sheamus. Okay, I can see that. These are two feuds that I'm not excited about, and it's not yeah. because of Roman Reigns. It's about the opponents. Yeah, it's... I, I I wrote that I thought Sheamus is an interesting choice. And everybody's like angry, angry, angry because it doesn't make any sense, but they have time to make it make sense. Yeah. I, I still think Sheamus is going with the authority at some point. He could, and you know what? That's perfectly fine. And I'm not here hating on Sheamus. Yes, no, neither it was a surprise. I. I like Sheamus. Okay, I'm a Sheamus supporter. Uh, I was kind of taken aback a little bit, you know, at the WrestleMania where he wrestled Triple H, and Triple H just completely killed Sheamus on a couple of occasions, including that WrestleMania match. You know, Sheamus could have been a big deal. He's not that big of a deal now. Kind of with the same disease that Wade Barrett has is the fact that he's yeah. been around forever and never reached a certain level. So, in a lot of fans' eyes, he's just a guy. Um, I like Sheamus. I think the new look here has helped him a little bit, even if people thought it was goofy in the beginning. Um, the issue I have is that this is almost going to have to be a long reign as the briefcase holder, because where does he fit in anytime soon with Brock Lesnar coming back with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose after tonight's finish, possibly having another one at Battleground? Like, it's not like Sheamus is going to come out tomorrow and win the championship. It's not like he's going to come out at SummerSlam, probably, and win the championship. Like, unless they do Sheamus and Brock Lesnar as a big match at some point, I don't see where Sheamus fits in anytime soon. I don't think we need to either, to be honest with you. I mean, there are ways you could do it that, you know, he could be kind of the wedge, you know, kind of a wedge issue in the authority somewhere here. You know, if Brock beats Seth Rollins, as we all expect he will, if there's a match between those two, then that's a way to finally get rid of Seth out of the authority and put Sheamus in. There are there are ways that you can do it. There are there ways. Are, there can, are ways. And we don't need we don't need them tomorrow, though. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the cool thing about this kind of different tone. I mean, yeah, Roman wins the briefcase. There's a built-in story there, and there's the redemption story and the revenge story with Rollins. It's great. But you know what? With the Sheamus briefcase thing, we don't need to have an instant story. We have a year. Let 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 something naturally happen, possibly. Yeah, that's true. You do have some time. It's just uh, we're not going to see it anytime soon. Sheamus was just the problem. A- is, the problem is we're going to get four week, the next four weeks on both SmackDown and Raw. We're going to get promos from Sheamus with that briefcase saying he's the briefcase holder. He's the briefcase holder. Yep. Yeah. Mister Money in the Bank, Sheamus. Uh, and it's funny because we did our preview show again and we talked about going in. This was the first match Sheamus has had since he's been back where he wasn't the favorite to win and go <laughs> figure. He finally gets the big win. Yeah. Finally gets the big win. Uh, we had next the most anticipated divas championship match since the last championship match of the divas. Nikki Bella defeating Paige, rolling right on to 295 days as Nikki Bella. What did you think of the match? I thought it was okay. I mean, it was an average woman's match, uh, maybe a little bit above so, just because they. I thought it was fine wrestling early. I thought the crowd was somewhat into uh, to most of it before they realized what they were about to get with the twin magic stuff. But what you learned in this match, not that it matters, I guess, but twin magic cannot fail. <laughs> it cannot fail in any way because even when it fails, it succeeds. If a referee is going to see Brie Bella in the match and not disqualify the Bellas, then that's automatic interference that you get for free. Yeah, and and that's just that that <laughs> I hated the end. I liked the match though. I didn't love it, but I liked it a lot. I thought they were trying out there really hard. I thought, you know, I think this is, might be one of the better Page matches that she's had since she's been on the main roster. Yeah, Nikki Bella was doing her best to get a good match out of Page. I mean, she was, but. 
this twin magic is a finish again. And they, they built it up not so slowly. I mean, all of a sudden, twin magic was back. What was it, last Monday Night on Raw? Two Mondays ago? All of a sudden, it was back, okay? Yeah. So, seemingly, that was going to play a part in this. And it kind of went how I thought it would. Like, Bree comes in. The ref realizes it is Bree, or Paige realizes it is Bree, and they continue. So, oop, the Bellas were foiled. But the Bellas were foiled, and Nikki still gets the win because, you know what? Twin Magic, even when it fails. It's not a DQ. It's not a DQ. It succeeds no matter what. And Paige is crying, and the Bellas win, and they're just doing everything they can to kind of stall for time, to give yeah. Nikki Bella more days as champion. Like, Naomi's nowhere to be found, because seemingly Naomi will get another shot in the future, and they'll have a long program, but they got to get Paige out of the way. They may even do Tamina if she comes back. They may do Emma, for all I know. They may do other people, because well, she's got to hold this belt now for three months, three months to the day, she's got to hold this belt. Well, two things. Credit where credit's due. That, that <laughs> the, From the time that Brie is pulling out the tissue and showing her, ah, showing, the, showing her tats to when Nikki gets the pin, picks up a tissue, wipes her eyes, and then wipes Paige's eyes. Fantastic stuff. Loved it. Uh, that said, um, the way they're going to stall, they set it up. They set up the entire division, is, once again, hates the Bellas. They had them all watching in the Soul Train dance line because, uh-huh. because, because people can't naturally watch television. They have to be staged to watch television with a, with a nice runway down the middle so the camera can show everybody. And, and heels and faces were together in that picture. You had Tamina. You had Natty. You had um, Summer Rae and Alicia Fox and, you know, the usual suspects. So that's how they're going to do it. I think the Bellas are going to clean out the division until someone possibly knew the day after they get the record debuts, possibly. Who knows? But that's what I'm thinking. I was really hoping there would be a pay-per-view on September 13th because September 13th is going to be the day, I believe. Maybe it's the 14th. I'm not exactly sure. It's one of those two days. But September 13th or 14th will be... The time where Nikki Bella, if she's still the champion, would have broken AJ Lee's record as the longest Divas champion. Well, the, if it's the 14th, that's a Monday. That's you a can Monday de- night you can, you, can debut, you can debut someone on Raw. That's a Monday night for Raw would be either day 295 or 296, so it may be after the record. And then the pay-per-view night of champions is the next week. Okay. So they're going to have to do something creative there if they play up this record holder. Uh, of course, SummerSlam is August 23rd. Maybe Nikki Bella, Nikki Bella maybe loses it there. Maybe they play up that match as the potential. You know, if Nikki Bella wins here, she'll have broken the record because there won't be another pay-per-view event until the 20th. So uh, we'll see if they actually care about that record at all. Maybe, maybe that's when they bring back Ava Marie so that we have this total diva, total Divas feud that they're really building on the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy Green on Twitter asks, the main mm-hmm. roster women are trying to have good matches. Okay. What do you think is keeping them from having the NXT women level matches? And one, the issue is time. And two, is focus. I mean, NXT is focusing on the women's division and actually propping them up as women athletes who are having these strong matches. Whereas the Bellas matches and every match on WWE TV for the women are just placeholders or time fillers. I mean, they're not exactly propped up as athletic contests. It's Paige looking for revenge on Nikki because, you know, they don't like each other and they're, you know, Paige is the anti-diva and Nikki Bella is all woman and all this stuff and not really about the wrestling. I mean, Sasha Banks is the champion. It's all about the wrestling. Yeah, and there's two other things that that play into this. One is um, the NXT divas are at the Performance Center and they're doing drills and they're drilling and they're drilling and they're drilling every day. They're doing matches with each other every day. They're working with each other every day. Um, they're in that kind of closed environment where so, they don't have to worry about the right. other So they other have the stuff. basis of putting on stronger matches. Correct. And the other thing is the WWE, the main roster uh, divas, um, have other commitments. They have media commitments. They have this total diva show they have to shoot. Not everything's the focus on wrestling. Down, down in developmental, everything's focused on the wrestling. Therefore, you're going to get stronger matches, and you're going to get far more of a growth uh the the growth curve is going to uh be stronger and stronger as the uh as the months go on. 
I want to ask you a question, and it's a one-word answer. Okay. And I won't judge no matter what way you go. Uh-oh. Who is better currently, Nikki Bella or Paige? Right now. Right now? Right now, who is better? If you say you put Sasha Banks in the ring with somebody, you put her okay. in the ring with someone, and you wanted to build up to a SummerSlam match. Like, think of the whole picture. You wanted to build up to a SummerSlam match, Sasha Banks against question mark. Who would you put in that role? Nikki, Nikki Bella? Nikki. Yeah. Nikki Bella. Yeah. Right now. Yes. From what we've seen over the last year, what we've seen in ring, what we've seen personality-wise, what we've seen in the ability to hold a microphone on TV, Nikki Bella's better than Paige. I agree. And I know there's a lot of hate on Twitter about that, but here, here's something. I think a lot of what people like about Paige is potential. And I think she does have that potential, and they haven't allowed her to show that potential. Paige's last really good match was that Emma match down at NXT, I think. Other than this one. And, and this that, one was pretty good. And that Emma match, by the way, has not been nearly as good as most of the Sasha Banks takeover matches. Correct. I, what I think some fans, and I truly think it's a, a minority right now. I really do. I think what some fans are looking at with Paige is the fact that she was on the indies for so long. And she was in Shimmer. And she was you know, working in NXT for a while before coming up. And she was able to put... A little bit lengthier matches out there, but she also has the stigma of, you know, she's our girl. We we saw her on yeah. the indies, and now she's in the big time. And dare I say there's a little bit of European homerism from some people on could, it? There could be that, too. But I think people are putting their emotions yeah. in front of, you know, what's actually been playing out on TV over the last little bit. And no, I think Nikki, the same thing the, happens. Well, I think the, I think the same thing happens with Nikki Bella. Hate is the fact that the Bellas yeah. are perceived to never having worked for it. They were just given the spot. Well, if you don't think Nikki and Brie have both worked for it over the last several years, there has been noticeable improvement to the point where they are two of the best in the division. Nikki even more so. Nikki's better than Brie. Well, now she, yeah. I mean, you remember when Brie was better than Nikki? Yeah. At that point, and then Nikki just hit the gym and completely changed the way she looked. Yeah. <laughs> in, in more ways than one. And I never got the the criticism that the Bellas don't seem to care, that they're just models on TV there for the acting. To me, you can see it in every match that Nikki Bella cares what she's doing in there. I think when they came back from failing in Hollywood, uh-huh. they cared. Yeah. Because this is the job. This is what I this is what my legacy is going to be now. Yeah. So let's let's dive into this and get as good as we can. The big show against Ryback. <laughs> this. I thought it would go to John Cena and Kevin Owens. I really did. But the big show and Ryback was the match. Tonight, where we got the DQ to bridge to the next match in whatever program is happening. It was the match to uh, fully cement the Miz's place inside this program, possibly setting up for a triple threat. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Jeff. Mm. But this show took place in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, where they had an NXT show. The big show in Ryback. Oh, yeah, that's, r- that's right. I was that's- there for their NXT house show match, which at the end of the day was five times better than this match. The NXT house show match was pretty great. If you listen to our Shake Them Ropes episode around that time, where I went to this show and talked so highly of the big show in Ryback, I love that match. This yeah, was nowhere close to that match. No. And of course, it ended with the DQ. The big show actually getting the win because the Miz attacked the big show. The big show won this match via DQ against the Ryback. It was nothing special. Uh, before the Miz's interference, I thought I liked the power display, but in the grand scheme of things, it was just the Ryback hitting move after move after move and no real story being told. The real story is the fact that, OK, the Miz is inserting himself here and you're going to have small little Hollywood Miz going against the two ginormous beasts for the Intercontinental Championship. And somehow I think the Miz is going to walk out with it at some point soon. I think you're right. I think it's going to be. Comedy, getting rid of him, getting rid of him, and then fluke pin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Miz. The Miz. Uh, And then the match that everyone, I think, was most looking forward to. John Cena, Kevin Owens 2. The rematch from just two weeks ago. So John Cena getting a shot at the WWE Linear Championship (laughs) before Kevin Owens had a shot to defend it against Finn Balor, Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, Anyone down there in NXT. Kevin Owens did not make one linear championship defense in between these two matches here. Because even the house shows he worked were four ways. 
And John Cena, in his first shot to retain or regain the linear championship in this non-WWE title match, John Cena gets the win here in a match that, dare I say, was better than their first one. I would think so, with the exception of the uh, the stunner at the end. Yeah. Stunner at um, the end didn't look very sharp. The announcers put it over as something that missed, even though it was clearly meant to have hit. But overall, I mean, and especially this crowd loved yeah. this match. This crowd was into this match. Yeah, and they bought... Almost every Kevin Owens near fall towards the end, which didn't always happen in the first match because with Kevin Owens beating John Cena last time, this crowd now knew, okay, Kevin Owens can do it. We can actually trust that they might give a win to Kevin Owens here. And you don't always get that in John Cena matches. You didn't really get it in Rusev matches. And if Rusev couldn't get the crowd to believe he was going to win after the year-long winning streak, it didn't seem like anyone else probably could except for maybe an established guy like Randy Orton, honestly. And Kevin Owens went in there. And they did almost, in some ways, the same matches last time with a few adjustments. Uh, everything looked crisp. Everything looked good, except for the stunner at the end. There was the Yoshi Tonic spot where John Cena kind of struggled to hit it, but they, they recovered marvelously, I think. And that's where yeah. you know Kevin Owens and John Cena both being true pros comes into play. Like They can make bad spots look great. Um, overall, I mean, this was very fun. It was captivating. John Cena gets the win, and I think that's the right move. Because if you want a money match, John Cena, Kevin Owens 3, if they wait until SummerSlam, could potentially be a huge money match and a show that will also have Brock Lesnar and you know more star power on it being in New York. Uh, I, I like this a lot. I thought it was a better presentation than the first one. I don't care that Kevin Owens lost. The loss did nothing to hurt Kevin Owens one bit. And Kevin Owens got his heat back at the end by kicking John Cena and laying him out with the apron powerbomb that has been proven on WWE TV to put guys out for a long time. I, I love this match. Uh, I wish this entire card had been built like this match because uh, that would make every card watchable uh, with these types of feuds. I like the move at the end, especially where, remember, Kevin Owens had no interest in the trophy because he has a trophy. Well, he's a hypocrite again because he took the trophy. I thought that was great. Uh, the story in well, this match he didn't, was... he didn't take it. He took the U.S. title. No, he didn't. Did he? He, he took it away from him, and then he threw it back at Cena, screaming okay. while he did it, saying, I don't want this. I already have my title. Oh, I'd He didn't take the U.S. title. My fault. I had gotten up to get a beverage at that yeah. point. Um, you know, I, I, I really like the touch of John Cena arguing with Mike Chioda. I really did both those two times he hit the AA and didn't get the pinfall. Well, he's yeah. He, I mean, this is one of those John Cena small things that happened during matches and like. Well, we've everyone, gone over that. We've gone over this on other shows right. where where he's hinted at this, but this time he's throwing tantrums oh, yeah. at the ref. Well, because he knows like this is you know more important than other chances. Like he's been yelling at refs subtly for years. And where everyone else goes right in the ref's face and screams at him, one, two, three. John Cena does the thing where he's not trying to show up the referee, like, you know, quietly go next to him and kind of talk to him a little bit. But because John Cena lost the last match to Kevin Owens, this had more importance. Like, this was a guy that was fearful that he could lose again when he's never had that fear before. And he wanted to make sure that ref was in position. And yeah, he was getting a little more frustrated because mm -hmm. Kevin Owens was bringing out the frustrated John Cena. No one else could do that because no one else ever provided as serious a threat as Kevin Owens, who has beaten John Cena. No, and it was, it was a great match. Uh, loved it, loved it. I could watch this match 400 times and never be bored. Loved it. I know. I, I just, I'm anticipating number three. I know some people out there are like, oh, this, this did damage to Kevin Owens, and this negates no. the win he had last month. No, it didn't. It really no, didn't. because wait for the promos. And the promos are going to be money. The promos are going to be so money. You're going to love John Cena and Kevin Owens 3. You're going to be yes. really excited for it, as long as they don't do it at Battleground. Like, well. Give it some time to breathe. You know, have Kevin what? Owens maybe beat someone else at Battleground. Have John Cena beat someone else. And Kevin Owens is like, I'm not done with you yet. You know, I Remember, I beat you the first time. We're even in my book. If you want to prove you're better than me, the veteran Kevin Owens, John Cena, you have to fight me. Far be it from me, but I think they're going to extend this to SummerSlam, and then it's going to be a non-finish at Battleground. Well, I don't think that—see, I wouldn't even put them in the ring together at Battleground. I wouldn't either, but you know they're not going to—they're they're not going to wait on it. 
you know that. Right? I mean, unless, I think, yeah. unless they decide, well, we're going to build up this Owens match in Japan. Well, I would love, well, they, they will do that. I mean, this is a WWE special they're going to have on the network. They're going to do that. They're, they'll promote it. I think you'll start seeing big promotion for it on, uh, on tomorrow's Raw. And then Owens begs out of the match at Battleground. That'd be kind of interesting. Well, I'm wondering if, say, Finn Balor on the July 4th special beats Kevin Owens and gets the NXT title. Which I have, uh, yeah, I've, I've planted my flag and said that's going to happen. Go ahead. Say that happens. Okay, so Kevin Owens now doesn't have his prize. So now he's the desperate one to wrestle for the U.S. championship. And John Cena will give him that match, you know, because John Cena will defend against anybody. Right. Maybe you throw a stipulation in there. Maybe John Cena wants something like, I'll give you this one shot. But because of the way you treated a veteran in WWE, I'll give you only one shot. Something. I don't, I'm not trying to fantasy book this. I'm just saying there are things you could do with a Kevin Owens loss here that maybe yeah. puts an, a little bit extra fire in a rematch. Because even though Kevin Owens isn't down any to John Cena, because they're even at 1-1, Kevin Owens is the desperate man to try and back up everything he was saying for the last three weeks. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out a way where they get around Battleground and getting getting around them being in the ring together. I think they really do need to uh, not put them directly in again. Yeah, I, I don't know what you would do at Battleground, but the fact that you're probably going to have Brock Lesnar wrestle on that show is you don't really necessarily need Kevin Owens and John Cena. You know, give that a little bit of uh, time to breathe. Maybe John Cena fights, you know, anyone for the U.S. championship. Maybe Brock just takes him out. I wouldn't touch so there's no this with Brock at all. I okay. mean, Brock is in his stuff now. You know, Brock is not in the John Cena business. No, that's true. I thought the primetime players winning the tag team titles against the New Day was super fun. That was interesting. <laughs> that, uh... That shocked me, but I, I, I still think now they're going to start the road because of the way the, uh, the buildup before the primetime players came out with uh, Xavier Woods. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the this is the beginning of the breakup angle, but it'll take about a month or two. I don't think it's the breakup angle. I think this I, is where you see New Day turning into the monster bad guy heels because right now they've been okay. okay. We're, we're baby faces. You know, they are baby faces. They're trying to stay positive, but they're unlikable baby faces. Well, now they lost their titles. Xavier Woods was on the break of being so enraged that he forgot to be positive. This oh, is where, that's this, good. This is where you're going to see the New Day become the super death heels. That would be great. I, this, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful they're going to say that Xavier's now the weak link because of that but i like your way a lot better no, I, i'd love yeah. that if they did i'd love it if they made them serious i think you're gonna start heels. seeing that i think you're gonna start seeing the more serious butt kicking you know the the monster heels uh heel types on this one um what's interesting to me in this tag division and we got a question like this on twitter too like do you think the primetime players winning the tag team titles means they're not expecting tyson kidd to come back any soon i don't think tyson kidd is coming back anytime soon no but we kind of saw this coming in the way they had the elimination chamber. There's so many tag teams out there. Even the Ascension is getting wins. The Lucha Dragons are still out there. I asked you on this very show a couple of weeks ago if we would see an over-under of three tag title changes within the rest of this year. And we already got the one, and we still have six months to go. Like I think we're going to see tag team title hot potato going on for the next six months because there's so many teams that can vie for it. And you can have different matchups every month on the network. Over the next six months, you really can. And then the Usos come back, and then Cesaro and Kid come back. You can have a whole bunch of stuff going on here. And this is one of those times where I don't think a hot potato with the tag titles might demean those titles. Because if you have a whole bunch of teams going for it and you see their success uh, you know, with different teams actually winning the championship, I think in this case, and you don't always want to do it, but in this case, it can provide some more oomph to the tag team division in my mind. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of hot potato with the tag titles, but I can I see your point. And I'm not and I'm not I, saying every show gets a tag team title change, no. but I'm thinking, okay, you have the primetime players win this one. Maybe they win a match at Battleground and then lose to the Ascension or the Lucha Dragons at SummerSlam. And then you have another tag team program. I'm just saying, like, the primetime players, they have their little two month run, they lose it, and they're out of it. And you bring someone else in. So the tag team division is always fresh, at least until WrestleMania season. I enjoyed Darren Young playing Ricky Morton here. Yeah. 
as your as your face in peril, and then uh, and then oh god, how do I forget the name when I'm talking about him? Uh, I don't know, but that's not good. <laughs> I know it's not Darren Young and Titus. Yes, Titus O'Neil wow. getting the hot getting the hot tag. How do you forget just... Titus O'Neil, the best person in the ring in that four way? Well, the best one in the ring tonight, Titus O'Neil, when he was going strong and. And I kind of bought into the fact that the New Day might, you know, come away with a screwy win there for a brief period. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought they were going to do the twin magic with Kofi and uh, Xavier again. Something like that, yeah. And then Titus hits the sky high, and I'm like, oh, there's no one else around. He might actually win here. One. Oh, my God, that's going to happen. Two. They they aren't going to do this. He's going to kick out, right? Three. Three. What? Oh, my God. Primetime players. Yes. I thought, and, Big, I thought Biggie playing the arrogant heel was really, really good in this match. Just kind of like every time someone's daddy starts a little clapping thing and a little strutting going on. Because he's confident now. He's a champion. I like him. He's well, he's, a he's a, hold on, he's not a champion any longer. Well, no, but he was during <laughs> this match. Like, he was super confident guy. Like, he can stay positive. And now, okay. now, because they're not the champions. Now they're going to be the nation. He no, lost the one That's thing. Right. Stop being racist. He lost the uh, one what? thing. That kept him positive was the okay. fact that he had the championship, and now Xavier was already breaking. Kofi Kingston got screwed in the in the championship ladder match already again. You have Biggie now, no championship. These three are going to become dastardly and just kill everything, or oh, or or they will lose tag team matches on superstars to the Lucha Dragons. Oh no, God, no, no! Make them dastardly, please. The WWE World Heavyweight Championship ladder match. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, the blow off to the feud that should have been blown off in Hell in a Cell almost a year ago. I don't know what to make of this finish, Jeff. Dean doesn't have good luck with monitors. We know that much. Um, I didn't know what to make of the crowd. I. I don't know what they were looking for here. I thought it was a pretty fun match to watch. What about you? It was fun, but they had, and this is where you have the curse of having multiple ladder matches on a show and why you should probably only have one of each gimmick on a show. I think it's, I think it's a lame, not the finish was lame. I think it's a lame thing to have both come down with the belt and then one just grabs it after they land. And then he's the winner. I don't, I don't think it's a lame finish. By definition, I think in this case it might have yeah. been just because this match should have been, it should have been Seth Rollins getting his strong win, putting an end to the Dean Ambrose rise. Seth Rollins cementing his championship reign as something legitimate for when he has a serious challenge like a Brock Lesnar, like a Roman Reigns. Yeah. Like if those I- were going to happen because Dean Ambrose is a fan favorite, but he's the perfect person to put in an opportunity like this to get over your strong heel. Dean Ambrose doesn't have to win. Okay. No, he's been through so much over 2014 in pay-per-views and the crowd still loves him that he could have lost here and it would not have hurt him one bit. Some fans may have been upset. Like, Oh, Dean Ambrose keeps losing. He lost again. No, he wasn't going to win. He wasn't going to win here anyways, but there was a way to make him lose where it's, it's the valiant loss more than kind of this. I mean, for me, my perfect thing would have been after the monitor shot to the other leg, Dean's trying to crawl with just his arms up the ladder, but he can't. And Rollins just climbs up the ladder, mocks Dean and takes the belt. That's it. There it is. I, I perfectly fine. I mean, the finish, if you didn't see it, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose are both up for the belt. Dean gets there first. Seth Rollins comes over the back and they both have their hand on the belt and they both fall down with the title. They you both could... they both hit the ring with the championship belt. But Seth Rollins had just a little bit of a tighter grip. Yeah. And Dean Ambrose rolls away without the belt. Seth Rollins is laying there with the belt. So he's the winner. They both come down. It's the old I mean it's the Packers Seahawks finish. It's they both come down with it, but who has it at the end? Yeah. Right? And Seth Rollins had it at the end. So he gets the win, no interference from anybody. Okay, there were no shenanigans from anyone on the outside. So in in theory, Seth Rollins gets the strong win, but Dean Ambrose stays strong because he hit the mat with the belt. So it's not that decisive of a finish, but Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose 
have never had a decisive finish to their feud. It just keeps on going. And mm-hmm. this is a year now. This is a year now. I would have liked them, even though it's not the one everyone wants to win. People want Dean Ambrose to win. That's fine. If you're going to have Seth Rollins win, this was the time to give him that strong win. Make him the better man. Make him indisputably, undisputed, the better man of these two. So when he fights a tougher challenger, he has a little bit more credibility going in. Exactly. Because, Because Money in the Bank is a B show. On the WWE Network. You want to sell SummerSlam. SummerSlam, maybe they're going to do Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins again. I don't think they are. If that's the idea, fine. This is okay. If they're going to do Seth Rollins against Brock, or they're going to do Seth Rollins against Roman, or they're going to do Seth Rollins against Sheamus, maybe. You got to have Seth Rollins going in with a strong backing to him. You got to have him going in with the fact that people think he can win this match legitimately without the authority's help. And this did not solve that problem. No, I agree 200% with this. Uh, you're, you have a more of a grasp of recent history than I do. Did they ever do this finish before with Jeff Hardy? I keep thinking they did. But we both have the belt and they fall, but Hardy has more of a grasp of it. Maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't remember this unless it was uh, maybe with Edge. Yeah. I'll look and see. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll look and see about that, yeah. Yeah, you you you've evolved Rollins out of being the needs to cheat to win heel to being sneaky and conniving, but you needed to make him relevant and competent. And I think this was the time to do it, and you didn't. And now, so going into the going into the going into the feud with Brock that we think is coming here, he's still going to now he's overconfident. And he still doesn't really have the support of the authority, I don't think. I, I think may, they're going to play that up a little bit. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Uh, I, I wanted a stronger win here out of Rollins, though. Well, yeah, I I think he's fully in the authority's backing now. I think at least you have that finish to this story, is that well, this, the authority is fully behind him. Because he did have Triple H come out and celebrate with him. You did have you know, that big celebration with Seth Rollins. And the fact that he can go back. I don't know if Kane's going to be with him. I don't think J&J might be with him. Well, this goes to a tweet that just came in uh, What's from, the tweet? from JB uh, at Ring of Dragon. He goes, were either of you waiting for Triple H to attack Rollins after the match, especially during the post-match promo? Now, during the promo, he said he's the greatest WWE World Heavyweight Champion That's of right. all the time. He did. Uh, I kind of expected Triple H to kind of give him a look to indicate that something was coming. Or I expected him to get a brogue kick out of nowhere, to be honest with you, because well, Sheamus has been a champ. Because what's happening now with Seth Rollins is the fact that he and the authority has been fine with this. He has been going with the fact that he is the current face of WWE and the future yeah. of WWE. But now, if he's going to be cocky to think he's the best ever in the past with Triple H there, that could be what gets them to SummerSlam. Right, but they didn't make any indication of it Not at yet. the time. Okay. But they have plenty of time. They shouldn't have to telegraph it yet. I mean, that would be something that you wait for Raw for. In that respect, if that's where they're going to go, that's fine. Wait for no, Raw. I'm, I'm not saying you over-telegraph it. I'm not saying you do the Vince McMahon telegraph school of acting, but, but maybe just a slight look. A slight you know, look. Kind of like Hogan Savage. The Jeff where Hardy. Savage, where Havage kind of gave him a look. Maybe. Jeff Hardy did not have that finish with the edge match. So I don't remember a time Jeff Hardy ever came down with the belt with someone else. Okay. I don't, I don't, that may have happened. I just don't remember it at all. And, uh, that was money in the bank. The next show, we get a little bit of a break here on these post shows, Jeff, five (laughs) weeks, five weeks. We have WWE battleground with the return of Brock Lesnar. And we'll see what they do with Kevin Owens and John Cena. We'll see what they do with the tag team championships. Maybe they do go a different route and Kofi Kingston gets in the title match and they they may very well start up to play that, you know, Xavier Woods is a weak link or we can see them go more dastardly. We also have in a couple of weeks, the July 4th WWE Network special from Tokyo mm-hmm. uh, featuring Brock Lesnar against Kofi Kingston. Maybe. I mean, that's what's announced right now, but doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen until they tell us. And the real main event and the real main event. For the NXT Championship, Kevin Owens against Finn Balor. 
uh, for that NXT title. Possibly the championship title change that many are expecting with Finn Balor taking it. And we'll see how that kind of plays into the whole John Cena program as well. We'll see what happens with Samoa Joe. Uh, they did four ways on the NXT main events this week when NXT toured Cleveland. Uh, where else were they? Pittsburgh and Columbus, I think. They were in Columbus again, maybe? Yeah, that's a possibility. I saw some Periscope uh, footage of a couple of the NXT shows. Yeah, so they did uh, a couple of shows uh, this week. And the main event they did on the shows was Kevin Owens against Finn Balor against Tyler Breeze against Samoa Joe. They did four ways with Kevin Mm -hmm. Owens usually pinning Tyler Breeze on these shows. Uh, So no singles matches yet. Don't really know what's going to happen with Samoa Joe. On Thursday, NXT is taping TV. So we'll get a better idea, uh, at least for those who follow along with the spoilers and maybe can't wait four weeks to watch the show on TV. Uh, We'll get a better idea of what they're going to do in NXT. But that's kind of what we'll talk about probably this week on Shake Them Ropes is what's going on with NXT. We'll talk about the post-Raw fallout to see exactly where they're going to go to Battleground. Uh, If Brock Lesnar makes an appearance tomorrow night on Raw, we'll talk about that. But as of right now, he's expected to return at least on the next week's Raw. Uh, And this is advertisement that's already out, so not necessarily spoilers. I mean, they're advertising Brock Lesnar to come back, so he's coming back. But Mm -hmm. what is he going to do? You know, is he going to go right after Seth Rollins? That would make the most sense. Is he going to go after Roman Reigns again to finish that fight? Who knows? And we'll find out. You know, God. Bray, <laughs> Bray Wyatt, man. Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Bray Wyatt is going to be on our TV talking about Roman Reigns now. And Roman Reigns is going to respond with jokes. Wearing an apron. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.